Hey, welcome to Electric Liberty Land 206 Pre-Roll, where I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts that I try not to miss, but you know, when you have a baby, these things slip through the cracks, but you guys don't have babies. So check out Good Morning Liberty with our pals, Nate and Charlie. They have been supporters of our show for quite a long time, listeners to our show for quite a long time, and I want to recommend them because they bring a different aspect to the table than what we we bring uh, with our variety show every week. They sit down, they're delivering you hardcore liberty messaging, but also bringing what they're trying to do is kind of bridge the gap between the liberty peon, the liberty layperson, the average man, Joe on the street and hardcore libertarian philosophy. So I recommend checking them out as they break down current events. They break down the healthcare cycle. They break down what's going on in politics and also culture, much as I do. But of course, there's two of them. So you get, I don't know, an extra guy. Check it out. Good morning, Liberty Anywhere podcast. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hey, hey, what do I say? Hey, guys and gals, chumps and chumpettes, welcome to ELL 206. Oh, what a wonderful morning it is. Uh, For you. For me, I'm recording this at night, so it's a fine evening. I'm still a little bit uh, coughy. This goddamn cough that, uh, you know, started off as just a, well, it started as a cough, and then it just kept on being a cough. You know, it didn't really evolve into anything else. Didn't evolve into, you know, super snot land. Didn't evolve into a bronchitis or anything like that, or bronchitis, I guess. Or brontosaurus, which doesn't exist anymore, I've been told. The dinosaur known as the brontosaurus is actually a different dinosaur. Regardless of all that, uh, I still have a little bit of a hack. So if you hear me coughing, just ignore it and life will go on. It's the exact same advice I give to people when they catch homeless people masturbating next to them on the bus. Just ignore it. Life will go on. Uh, Guys, welcome to the show. I've got quite a few things to talk about today. As always, it seems that the world is a turning twice as fast as it used to be. I mean, there's so much going on with Biden coming in, with Trump maybe going out, maybe not going out, with goddamn COVID resurgence going on, and of course, the holiday season's coming upon us. There's just so much news to talk about, and I don't even know when to start half the time. And a lot of that, I'll give credit where credit's due. If you guys are not part of the Lions of Liberty Patreon Pride group, you need to get on that, especially now because we're giving you, <laughs> excuse me, if you sign up for our annual membership, you get two months free, which is a pretty awesome deal. So you're getting a discount on your sign up, but you're getting all the perks and benefits. One of which, as I've told you guys before, how I stay informed is my man, Howie Snowden, who used to be in military uh, intelligence and has just, I don't even know, an incredible knack for grabbing news headlines. He sends us literally hundreds a day and people that sign up at the $15 or above level in our Patreon get that uh, every day in your inbox. So you will not miss a beat. You will know everything that's going on in the world at large from both sides of the spectrum, from the Liberty side of the spectrum, as well as the far left, the far right and everything in between. Howie does an incredible job. So make sure to sign up for that. Also, if you sign up for our Patreon, you will get to hear live the uh, the Dave Smith-Archie Fowler debate coming up. That is going to be coming up, I believe, actually, they're recording it this week, and it's going to be airing a couple weeks from now. But you don't want to miss that. 
another epic debate in the Lions of Liberty debate octagon that we have uh, fostered here and Mark has so graciously hosted. Um, last time, Dave went up against Andy Craig, and I will say uh, decimated him pretty well. A lot of straw manning going on there, but we'll see what is to come because you never know. You know, Archie might land some haymakers in there. I don't know. I'm excited to watch this battle uh, play out. So make sure to check that out. But again, you got to sign up patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Um, okay, so getting into the show, in addition to being sick, and maybe because of this, because I've been, you know, coughing and bending over, hacking. I also worked out, you know, this this past Friday, which is, you know, it's like five days ago now. But as, as a man now, I'm of a certain age. I'm going to be 41 on December 21st. That's my birthday. So everybody, when you look up at the Christmas star, because there's going to be an alignment, and you would have heard that too in our, our drunken Howie story recording where Howie got real hammered and then <laughs> then tried to recap anatomy of the state. Um, you know, you would, would have heard us talk about that I think Saturn and Jupiter are aligning in a way that the Christmas star is going to be visible on December 21st, which is, of course, my birthday. Also happens to be the darkest day of the year, which is why I tell people that I was born on a dark day. But regardless, when you look at that Christmas star, think of me. But, you know, I, I will be turning 41. And I swear to God, I just bounce from injury to sickness to injury now. You know, it's like, I was preparing for my dunk, which I still will do another dunk for those who are the unbelievers out there who say that I had a inch and a half advantage because I was dunking on a on a driveway. But I will be doing that. But, you know, when I was practicing that, I like blast my knee. It takes a while to recover from that. Then I get sick, sick number one from my baby. Then I get sick number two, which I can't blame on the baby, I don't think. But now my back is fucked up. I don't know if it's from working out. I don't know if it's from coughing. I don't know if it's from when I had to get my uh, my wife. You know, she was at the airport. I had to lug this heavy luggage off the baggage claim, you know, lifting it above something, trying to do it quick so as not to freak out the normie next to me who was, you know, desperately trying to stay away from me with my little cough and my mask at the airport. Typhoid Brian. I don't know, but my back's fucked up. And I can't go to the goddamn gym that I that I have access to, a beautiful gym in Playa del Rey, California, wherein there is an outdoor hot tub, outdoor hot tub and pool, beautiful setup. I could go relax my back and breathe it new, nice, clean, open air. And as we've seen, there is literally zero scientific evidence to show that there is any sort of transmission outdoors. Zero. Which is why... An L.A. judge had said, you need to show, this is what he said to L.A. County, now this is going to mean nothing for now, but potential for be a uh, step forward as far as lawsuits are concerned. But he said, you, you, this is arbitrary. You need to show some sort of scientific backup for why you're going to shut down outdoor bars, outdoor restaurants, etc. Now, my gym, I doubt, is going to just open up the pool because, number one, it'd be packed as a motherfucker and I wouldn't want to deal with that. I don't like to sit next to weirdos in hot tubs. Not even at Porkfest, that's a, if that's an available thing there. But I love to see legal slapdowns of these governmental practices and overreach. Now, I'm going to come back around to that because first I want to get out a little bit of this Trump stuff out of the way. And then we'll come back to some of the lockdown stuff because there's been a lot of lockdown craziness. There's been some wins, a lot of, a lot of losses. And as this episode is titled, I want to talk about what I am dubbing the vaccine wars. And I don't mean the vaccine wars as in 
Pfizer versus uh, whatever the fuck the other one is. I'm blanking on the name, the M named one right now. Monero? No, that's not it. That's a Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I don't mean like it's going to come down to the corporate wars like uh, in Demolition Man where Taco Bell wins out and is the only restaurant in existence. No, I mean the vaccine wars insofar as what that means to you and governments and even you know businesses declaring war on your freedom in order to force you into getting a vaccine. But first, before we get into that, Let's do a little bit of update on what's going on with the Trump re-election campaign or the overturning of election results campaign or whatever the fuck you want to call it. First things first, we have got to talk about the State Farm Arena footage in Atlanta, wherein these, you know, these these poll counters, which, of course, is, I guess, a lot of Democratic volunteers, you know, Georgia's heavily or at least in Atlanta is a, a heavily Democratic area. But. There's this footage, which if you haven't seen it, I'll describe it to you briefly. They send home poll watchers, right? And now these Republican poll watchers had said that they were not allowed to get close to watch exactly what was happening in the vote counting in general, which is not what was agreed upon in the first place. And then you could clearly see poll workers leave or poll watchers leave the vote counting area. And this is the same arena, by the way, where they made up a pipe bursting and shut down the voting count, right? That was their reason. They said, oh, we have to shut it down because of pipe burst. Absolutely not true. What it ended up being was an overflowing urinal. Yes, you heard right. Everybody stopped counting the ballots. Somebody pissed in the urinal so much it's overflowing. Everybody out. Health crisis, emergency, whatever the fuck it is. Unbelievable horseshit. <laughs> so eventually they get to the... <coughs> Sorry, guys. It's going to be happening during the episode. I can't stop it. So what happens is that earlier in the day... They say this water main broke and it didn't, right? But they're absent for 90 minutes. We don't know what happened during that time necessarily. Come back in. They start counting the votes again, right? At about 1040 at night, they say, hey, we're done voting or we're done counting votes for the day. Everybody can go home, right? They tell the, uh, most of the volunteers to leave. They tell most of the poll watchers. They tell all the poll watchers to leave. And this is what poll watchers have specifically said they were told. They were told vote counting was done for the day. Everybody needs to leave. Immediately after this, maybe like 20 minutes later at 11 o'clock, you see these people then pull suitcases out from under a table, which was put there by, I can't remember, you know, whoever was heading up the, the vote counting for whatever. She had put a table there earlier that day, covered it in a black sheet, and, and these suitcases got put under it. They were never pulled out. During the regular counting, they were never pulled out while the poll watchers were there. They send these people home and there is very clear footage of them looking around. Okay, wait, and we're good. Pulling out four suitcases that were hidden under this table, under this long black tablecloth so you couldn't see them, and then starting the count again. Now, this has, quote unquote, been debunked by the head of the local election committee, right? Who says that, oh, no, no, there was no, uh, you know, there, there was nothing shady going on here. They were they were given the option to leave. They never were told that the votes were, were not going to be counted anymore. They said, well, you can go home if you like. That's the official story that they're putting out. Meanwhile, as I said, the poll watchers that were on the Republican side said specifically, no. They told us they were done for the day. And that we should leave. And then you see this shady shit happening. Now, naturally, this has gone underreported in the media, except to say that it's been quote unquote debunked, which it has not. Very clearly, 
This is still a story that needs to be addressed. And very clearly, there's some shady fucking shit going on. Now, the Federalist did a nice breakdown article I was reading earlier. Uh, let's see who did this. A gal by the name of Molly Hemingway. But she breaks down the fact that, you know, these quote unquote debunking of the video by, oh, they're containers. They're not suitcases. Bullshit. Semantics. Not debunked anything. They also directly contradict these people's reports about how the the vote watchers were told to go, or they told that they didn't have to go home, that they weren't actually stopping counting the votes. Bullshit. Election night reporting from the media that were there and from the public affairs director for that night, uh, a woman that was named Regina Waller, that is the Fulton County public affairs manager, told ABC News the election department sent the State Farm Arena absentee ballot counters home at 10.30 p.m despite early intentions to complete the processing. So that all lines up. And now they're telling us that, oh, that's not true at all. Though we can see on video that it clearly is. So what we're seeing here is video evidence of what looks to be pretty blatant fraud as far as bringing in votes that all went to Biden. Because we know that for a fact, that all of these votes that got counted after this pretty much unanimously went to Biden. I talked about that last time on the show. And we still have no real explanation for any of this other than a broad, this is a hoax statement saying that these Republicans who are, by the way, these Republican poll watchers have sworn affidavits that says they were told to go home at this time. And now we have the media backing up. None of this fucking shit adds up. And of course, this should be a massive story. This should be the top story that's being investigated. This should be leading every headline, massive voter fraud, four suitcases. You know, if in any other circumstance, in any other fucking election nationwide, this could be like a local county board election. This would be leading news on CNN. Four mystery suitcases pulled out from under suitcases, under tables, after poll watchers were told to go home and vote counting continued after they were promised that it would stop for the evening. This would be leading news. And here we are in 2020 in the, what we're told, the biggest election of our lifetime. And yet we are denied any sort of accurate reporting, any honest journalistic integrity as far as getting to the bottom of this. And apparently a county that's not going to look into it because per the county's assessment, nothing to see here, folks. Absolutely outrageous. So that's one thing to think about. The other thing, a definite setback for Trump is that a federal judge in Michigan rejected Sidney Powell, who was uh, promising to unleash the, unleash the Kraken but they said Sidney Powell's basically her uh, her lawsuit is a massive uh, collection of just kind of, I don't know, conjecture, wishful thinking and uh, broad claims that can't really be anything other than speculation. Now, again, I'd mentioned this on a previous episode, but. Sidney Powell is basically going after Dominion Software and talking about how their system was set up, the fractional accounting that was in, in there and impossible to put into place, which I described as basically, you know, kind of Jim Crowing Trump voters in which you could set their value per vote as, you know, something like 75 percent or three fifths of a person, if you will. And when they went to vote, you would count Biden's as an entire vote or even weight that more heavily and a Trump voter as less. So when it would add up at the end of the day. It would still count votes, but not to the same extent, you know, so every person could go in and say, oh, yeah, I voted, but they wouldn't realize that their vote was actually weighted less than a Biden voters. However, they have not been able to prove this. Now, they're threatening 
as is, I think some people, some people in the Michigan uh, Republican legislation or legislature are threatening to subpoena uh, Dominion's CEO. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they can't. But having this case basically thrown out of court is not going to do much in so far as winning Trump, Michigan. Now, what might is that Texas's attorney general is actually taking, uh, I believe he's suing and taking it to the Supreme Court, which in theory they might hear because I saw some post in the Lions Liberty Forum today showing <laughs> what was on the Supreme Court's docket to hear. And this lawsuit from the Texas attorney general was in fact on that docket. Now, that could have been doctored. That could have been anything. I'm not saying or verifying the authenticity of that at this moment. But basically, they're saying that the process of allowing for all these massive mail-in votes was, in fact, illegal and violated the laws of the state by, by incorporating just the massive mail-outs of votes to people that never requested them, um, to allowing, like the, I think, the extensions as far as when they can turn them in, those types of things. So they're going after Pennsylvania. Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And as I said, they are asserting that unlawful election results should be declared unconstitutional. And basically that the pandemic was used as an excuse to unlawfully change their election rules. Now, Pennsylvania's, it's a, somebody locally, I believe that Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, <laughs> Pennsylvania Supreme Court had already rejected this. But this new case, if they're trying to go directly to the Supreme Court, like I said, if it's on the docket, maybe they have a shot. I know that Ted Cruz has said that if they actually get in front of the Supreme Court, he will handle the verbal uh, opening arguments for that case. So we shall see. It's unusual because this suit was filed directly to the Supreme Court. And I don't know. I mean, it's coming from a state's attorney general. I feel like it has to at least give a, a cursory examination of what they are trying to state. But again, this follows kind of a long slew of challenges. I still think they're all long shots, as I have mentioned before, and that I I just can't see Trump getting this election. I can't see them overturning it. But they're saying that there's something like 80,000 forward signatures and absentee ball see ballots in Georgia. Um, <laughs> Michigan's attorney general is calling this a publicity stunt, which I think, would, again, would be very odd for an attorney general from Texas to do. And of course, in Pennsylvania, as I said, they already threw out a similar suit. So you know, when, we, when courts consider precedent, they're going to look to Pennsylvania, the fact that it already got tossed and take that into account. So interesting, interesting, if true, interesting to see how this will play out. I do not think it will result in much of anything, but I'm not going to lie. Ted Cruz, who we had branded several years ago when he was in the running to get to presidential nomination, he was up there going against Rand Paul and Trump. We had uh, we had level, labeled him uh, <laughs> the Severus Snape of Liberty because he was a guy that on the face, you know, he started to seem libertarian. But then once you dive into it, what he's voting for, again, the support for the USA Freedom Act, which is a fucking joke and an extension of the NDAA, these types of things. And I'm sorry, the extension of the Patriot Act, basically. These types of things make you go, I don't think so. But as of late, Ted seems to be uh, returning a bit to his more libertarian leaning side of things. And I will say is a very clever lawyer. So I'd be interested to see what his verbal arguments actually were in the case. So there you go. That about wraps up the what's going on with the Trump re-election bid. Um, it's still not looking good for Trump, but you know, 
Trump's still promising that more big things are to come. It seems to me at this point, they would have to have more videos like we saw in Georgia or some very distinct proof of voter fraud going on on a massive scale to really make any headway. I just don't see it happening. Uh, At the same time, I am not for a quick resolution to this because I don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's like I was talking about before when I was lambasting libertarians who were basically sickening of watching this thing play out and uh, and saying, oh, just, you know, get it over with already. I don't want to see any president take power. I'd like to see the most interaction, bad blood, hold this thing out because I like it when shit doesn't get done. I like to see this, this complete and total gridlock of a system. And I like to see people's concept of democracy challenge. Everything that undermines people's faith in what are always corrupt elections, going back to Lyndon Johnson, by the way, I'm sorry, not Lyndon, not L- No, no, it was LBJ. And that was a scenario wherein he had basically had a, uh, a judge in his pocket and he was like 200 votes down. But then, oh, all of a sudden, in a precinct that he had that local connection in, basically the judge was like, hey, get me 200 more ballots, all for Johnson. So he pushes him over the edge and they did it. And it's on the records. You can find it easily. It's a historical fact. So for people to pretend that this doesn't happen are just foolish morons. But the more people that can be made aware of how fragile and how stupid this entire democratic process is, the better. So bring it on. Ring ding ding. All right. Next, let's talk about Trump threatening to veto a major defense bill unless it repeals Section 230. Now, Section 230, of course, is the platform which protects these Facebook protects, well, basically any website that hosts content, it differentiates them as far as a a curator of content or a public forum, as far as stopping them from being considered a publisher of content. And in the past, I have defended Section 230 tooth and nail, and I still will come out and defend Section 230 because I feel that if you repeal that, you open up a slew of lawsuits from hate speech to everything else that could really affect the broader internet. However, I do think that Donald Trump has a point here with what's become of Facebook and and Google and YouTube and everything else. And the argument for especially Google and what they can control as far as search results when they have something like a 90% share of the market deserve to be heard out. Now, what Trump is arguing is that Section 230 should be repealed mostly so that you don't have censorship of you know, Republican content or uh, these ridiculous fact checkers. You know, like we've got now YouTube, Google, Facebook, even Amazon is so huge as far as what they control as far as publishing, uh, book availability. I know, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. There's a great New York Times, Alex Berenson, who has done some fantastic reporting about COVID, wherein he was saying that his book is being essentially blacked out from the market, as have many other people's books on the topic of COVID or masks, et cetera, because he published several pamphlets where people could buy them and download them off Amazon, talking about a breakdown in masks, how they don't really do what they say they're going to do, a breakdown as far as the way in which COVID stats are being manipulated. And Amazon is basically saying, these are false. We're not going to publish them. Now, they'll publish any other conspiracy theory shit you can find on there. They'll publish, you know, as, as Alex himself pointed out, they'll publish Hitler's memoirs, but how dare you publish anything challenging the orthodoxy of what we're being told by the cathedral that the state or that the uh, the COVID cultists pushed down our throats of 
thou must follow these rules. And to question them means that you will lose your access to the World Wide Web and, uh, and your access to your social media. And we will fact check and eliminate you out of existence anymore. I mean, that is fucking insane. So while I still would defend Section 230, I do think that it needs to be examined as far as how these publishers are identified, because I do not think that Facebook should be identified as a as a uh, content platform anymore. I do think they should be considered a publisher because they are independently fact-checking and putting data out there and getting in the way and stopping what you can and can't post and policing that to the point where they are controlling all of the dialogue. They're controlling what you can and can't see on your timeline, for fuck's sake. So that crosses a line. It's the same thing with Google and the way in which they manipulate results. We have ample research done into Google and how they're manipulating search results, how they are not allowing certain results to come to the tops of search platform, uh, searches. You can go to GoDuckGo, for example, and get 100% different, uh, different results searching for something like, I mean, Hillary Clinton and Trump during the election cycle was a perfect example. I'm sure it still is. But when you've got YouTube, Google, Amazon, all these places contributing together to say one narrative is the only narrative, that becomes a fucking problem. And that, that again, you're no longer a simple hub. You are now a publisher. And that does deserve to be talked about. It deserves to be looked at. And of course, I'm more than happy to see a defense bill delayed. Veto it forever, Trump. Let's make this into a real, just complete dead stop. Like running into a wall with fucking crash test dummies. That's what I want for every defense bill. More of this. More of this. If all these establishment fuckballs, who clearly Trump is at odds with anyway, he's not happy with the military industrial complex. He's not happy with the establishment complex. This is great because he knows where their bread is buttered. And it's buttered with that defense bill, with that, you know, 980 billion or whatever it was the last time it got passed. Actually, I think it was 1.2 trillion, the last defense bill. And I don't know if this one's quite that size or not, but he knows that's the weak point of these people. That's where all their lobbying money is going. I mean, fucking Joe piece of shit Biden is incoming. And like, I think his head of state is going to be somebody that's like the, the, He's the head of Raytheon. <laughs> it's like that type of ridiculous military industrial establishment shill shit that Donald Trump knows exactly where to apply that pressure point. So again, interesting. I'm sure that it will come to nothing. I'm sure that he will be out of office and all of this will be moot because it'll, it'll at this point, he can delay it, what, another month? And then essentially they're going to ratify the results. Trump will still be in office for a little bit, but basically just be lame duck. And I doubt he'll have much power to do anything else, but he might still be able to veto that for a bit before it all gets pushed to the side. And we, we know that Joe Biden is not going to take out Section 230. We know that big tech is firmly behind the Democrats, firmly behind that messaging, and will go hand in hand pushing their totalitarian message especially where it concerns leftist talking points and, in a broader sense, of course, COVID messaging and any health messaging, because that's another power play. This is, I mean, at the end of the day, all of this just simply revolves around power. I know I don't need to tell you guys that. You know this already. But when it comes to this vaccination thing, we're going to see a brand new level of power play come into position because we now are going to have our basic freedoms threatened by virtue of holding the sword of Damocles over our heads with the tip of a drug on the point of that sword. And if we dare not swallow it, then we will be fucked and denied our basic mobility 
if we need to travel at any sort of high speed across the country and maybe even in a normal car speed. But I'll get back to that in a moment because I want to tell you guys about my favorite new sponsor, and that is Zipix Toothpicks. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about these before, you are a fool and a moron because I have been uh, sucking on these awesome nicotine-infused toothpicks now for a few weeks. As I told you, I had a party before. They were a huge hit. But beyond that, I just, if, I'm actually sucking one right now. Basically, I tried the Spice Island Clove flavor, and they've got like eight different flavors. Everyone I've tried has been awesome so far. Uh, everything from Spice Island Clove, Sweet Whiskey, Mocha, Sweet Wood, Peppermint Watermelon, that was a big hit, and Spearmint and Spice. I've tried them all. They're all delicious. They're two, two milligrams to three milligrams. You order it and decide which ones you want. But it's awesome. And it's like, it's non-inhalation nicotine. You just kind of roll it back and forth. Gives you that buzz. Gives you, you know, kind of like if you're a smoker or if you're chewing or if you're vaping, it gives you that hand-to-mouth feel that takes care of the craving to have like a cigarette, but still gets you that, that buzz that you want. So check it out, guys. ZipixToothpicks.com. Use promo code LION to get 10% off your order. And you can order repetitively. You can order like, you know so that they'll keep shipping into their door. They're cheaper than cigarettes, cheaper than chewing, cheaper than vaping. And they have been FDA registered. They were developed in a pharmacy. So this isn't just some guy in the woodshed, you know, <laughs> drenching stuff in nicotine, sending them out the door. ZipixToothpicks.com. Again, promo code LION. You will not regret it. Highly recommend it. I, uh, I'm loving every second. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to Electric Liberty Land 206, everybody. So let's get back into this vaccination wars that I've been talking about. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my phone here in LA, as I said, my goddamn gym, which would have loved to be in a hot tub taking care of this back, my goddamn gym is shut down. And all I've been getting is bad news, except for that one ruling that I mentioned at the top of the show. But of course, it's not just reading the bad news online. It's also getting the incessant Christmas COVID reminders that COVID Christmas is in fact here from the LA County, where I'm like trying to take a little nap today, you know, because of the back last night, I did not sleep well. So I'm like, all right, I got to bring these people the podcasting genius that they are accustomed to here in Electric Liberty Land. Which, by the way, all the show notes for today's episode, lionsofliberty.com slash episodes slash ELL206. There's about 25 fucking links in there for you. Um, but I get this buzzing on my chest and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, I'm like on the couch <laughs> watching, watching my Star Trek, my original Star Trek episodes, which is what I like to nap to. Um and by the way, hilarious if you're paying attention to these episodes because they use the same damn actor like two episodes apart and they're like, eh, it's a different guy. They won't know. They won't recognize this chick. We did her hair different. She's in a different dress. <laughs> it's clearly the same person that died two episodes earlier. Come back as an alien. Uh, fuck it, hilarious. But I'm lying there and I'm like trying, you know, I'm like dozing off. I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. I got a little blanket on my chest. And I got my cell phone sitting on my chest in case somebody texts me or like work calls or something like that. And all of a sudden I just get this nonstop bzzz, And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this isn't a call. That goes up, up. You know, it's not a text. That's again, a bzzz, little thing. Just nonstop buzzing. I pick up my phone. Oh, it's the county telling me that I am now in a stay at home order. Which is an odd thing in LA because you're still allowed to go out and do essential things. You're still allowed to go shop. You're still allowed to do whatever. But they don't want you going out and 
walking the dogs too long. They locked down all the playgrounds again, even though playgrounds, of course, are full of children outside. And we already know for a fact that children don't really commit or transmit the virus. Children are also not really susceptible to a large extent to the virus. And that schools have basically been proven as safe places. But yeah, let's shut down the fucking playgrounds too, right? So that was my Merry COVID Christmas reminder from LA County. And fucking hell, I hope that these lawsuits get pushed through. Uh, I hope that these restaurateurs that are suing get pushed through. I hope that they win lawsuits. Granted, it's going to be taxpayers that pay. If they get if they get some sort of awarded monetarily compensation for what they've lost, that's coming out of my pocket. That's going to be my house taxes going up to make sure that to raise funds. That's going to be a doubling of parking ticket costs here in L.A. And much as we saw in Ferguson, it's going to be basically going after poor people to pay pay off these systems because they know that the poor people typically don't pay their tickets on time. They're more vulnerable to this type of shit and that they're not going to pay them on time and those tickets are going to double, triple, quadruple, et cetera. This is well-known police tactics and county tactics for milking the population and always, always goes after the poorest among us first. But let's get into some of this vaccination war shit because I'm already seeing the rumblings of the war on those of us who may not want to be vaccinated. I will tell you flat out, I do not want to be vaccinated. I've gotten my vaccinations for the things that have been around forever, which we know the vaccinations have been tried and true. They seem to have worked. They seem to have helped us eliminate a lot of these viruses and diseases for the most part, like polio, like mumps, although mumps is making a comeback because people aren't getting vaccinated, uh, like whooping cough, which again, making a bit of a comeback because people aren't getting vaccinated. And that's your choice. My kid will be vaccinated, has been vaccinated, and will continue to be, as will I. But when it comes to a virus vaccine, which I think has dubious rewards as far as actually being effective, when it comes to a vaccine which is still going to be uh, mutating, when it comes to a vaccine where it has been shoved through during this you know, project warp speed or whatever the fuck else they want to call it, I don't trust it. Not to mention, I don't think that I need to take a vaccine which is only going to be effective for six months when I probably have already had COVID. <laughs> I've been sick twice now, even though I've taken my COVID tests, my blood tests, and it's come back negative. But regardless, I'm not at risk. I am a 40, going to be 41-year-old man. I don't need to vaccinate myself against something that has a 99.5% survival rate for somebody in my age group. I am not afraid of it. I'll happily get sick. I'll get over it. And that will be my vaccine. I don't need to inject myself with something by virtue of the state assuring me that it's safe and by companies telling me that I have to do it in order to travel. Now, we're already seeing several airlines. I think Qantas was on there. I think uh, American is already talking about having a vaccination passport that you'll be required to show to fly. We're already seeing the rumblings of this come out. But we're also seeing the threats coming from governments. For example, British people could be denied entry to bars, theaters, sporting events if they cannot prove they've received vaccination against COVID-19, according to the head of the UK, uh, United Kingdom's vaccine rollout. Nadheem Zahawi, newly appointed minister overseeing UK's COVID-19 vaccine deployment, says the proof of vaccination could be held on a phone already used in Britain as part of the government's track and trace system. Now, this is very similar to China and what they're doing as far as tracking and tracing. 
They're using their phones. Although, of course, in China, like I talked about last episode, they use everything to track what you're doing, what you're posting on social media. And they use it as a form of social currency, which also gets into how you are able to get a bank loan, where you're able to travel to. Would not surprise me if we see this taken a step further here in the United States or in the UK. And this is why it's so terrifying to me, because it's going to start with, okay, well, if you want to fly, you have to get a vaccination. All right. Well, then people will say, okay, God damn it. If I have to fly, I guess I have to suck it up and get this vaccine or I have to, <laughs> or I have to buy some black market documents. I'm sure there'll be a market for that. Check out lionsofliberty.com forward slash fake docs to get yours today. Just kidding. Wink, wink. But people are going to have to make this decision as to whether or not they want to inject themselves with a vaccine, which they say Pfizer's is at least 90% effective early on. And they say doesn't have any really severe side effects. Now, at the same time, I've read stories talking about side effects that range from everything from giving you like fucking multiple sclerosis to killing you outright to uh, a legitimate concern that I've seen for some of these vaccines with people not being able to be fertile, especially women, where they could have virtually indefinite infertilization. Now, again, it's too early to tell. But that's where the problem comes into play, doesn't it? Because when you have governments strong-arming people into getting these types of vaccinations, when you have people saying, well, okay, we're going to work with these companies now. So if you want to go to a concert, you have to get a vaccination. If you want to fly in an airplane, fine, you have to get a vaccination. Despite United Airlines doing the study with the government showing that you have virtually zero chance if you're wearing a mask on an airplane of getting the virus anyway. But what's the next step then? First, it's, okay, you can't go to a concert. Next, it's going to be, okay, you can't go to the grocery store. You're going to have grocery chains say that, well, we, we want to make sure that people have vaccinations to come into our stores for the safety of our workers. Okay, now you can't go grocery shop. Then you're going to have state governments get involved because you already had Joe Biden saying that he was going to mandate mask wearing inside any government buildings and anything that involves, I guess, some sort of government overreach. He's going to mandate masks be worn. If you take that a step further, if the government is your employer and they say, okay, we're going to mandate everybody that's a vaccine, I guess you could argue that and take it to court over a religious objection, as people have done with vaccinations in the past. But do you have the time and money to do that? Are you going to join a class action lawsuit in order to accomplish that goal? I don't know. I'm guessing probably not. You're probably going to get strong armed into it. And then you also have the question of whether or not states could even take it so far as to require you to have a vaccination passport to enter the state or the county lines. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer, that psychopath in Michigan, is already going to be co-chairing Biden's inauguration committee, which is insane, as is the fact that fucking Eric Garcetti, noted piece of shit who has ruined Los Angeles. He is the mayor here. He's ruined it. We're overrun by homeless people. It's got an insane cost of living, which can't be afforded. He's got debt out the eyeballs from all these fucking you know, liabilities for pensions that they promise people. We've got a disgusting bottom five education system in Los Angeles. We've got gridlock that you cannot escape, except when we had the, the deep throes of COVID. Then it was lovely to drive around. That piece of shit is also going to be going in. And there's been like Black Lives Matter people uh, and also protesters like you know, libertarians are out there protesting the lockdowns in general outside his mansion for like two weeks now. But you've got these psychopaths. You don't think they're going to try when there's a vaccine out there, they're going to try every possible avenue to try to force you to have it if you come into their state. 
I mean, people will say, I don't know, that seems impossible to enforce. You know, you should, you're supposed to have free travel in between states. Sure. At the same time, we also presume the government would not be able to shut down our entire fucking economy for eight goddamn months. And look at where we are now. And people certainly rolled over and took it. So are we to believe that because a vaccine exists, that people aren't going to sheep it up as they have been doing and simply say, you know what? The government has strong-armed me into destroying my livelihood. It's destroyed my business. It's destroyed my family unit at this point because you've been trapped at home. And God knows if you like each other or not, but we know that instances of abuse, of neglect, of uh, domestic violence went up, of depression, of alcoholism, of suicide all went up. So the government's already gotten to the point where somebody in your family's killed themselves. Maybe then you just say, you know what, government? Fuck it. If you're going to keep us locked down and keep our economy shuttered until we get a vaccine, I will simply take it as I've taken everything else. Now, people like me, people like probably most of you out there will not want to do that. But at the same time, what if you have to fly somewhere? What are you going to do? What if you have to drive somewhere? You say, okay, well, I'll drive. That's fine. We'll, we'll just take our trucks and drive. And I know I was talking to, I mentioned Anthony Meyer, our trucker pal. You know, they they do checks. They bring they bring these, these loads in. I'm sure that they're going to mandate that they get checks and vaccines as well because they're going in and out of facilities like, you know, pork processing plants and everything else. And those were, those were quote unquote hotbeds for COVID. But you're going to see people demand that you get this vaccine, demand that you get an app on your phone, demand that you be tracked. And I've already seen the CDC's vaccination passport cards that they give out. They've got them all printed up that shows exactly how often you've been vaccinated, that you've gotten your shots every few months to keep that in your system, keep you full of those drugs. And you cannot go anywhere without flashing that card and making sure that you have your quote-unquote immunity card on you and that you can be tracked everywhere you go. And isn't that a convenient thing, too, that this, this COVID is not going to give the government an excuse to lock us down, to get people dependent on the government and completely convinced that the government controls their lives. But also, we've got... And I've, I've refused to update my fucking phone's iOS with the newest version because I do not want to have tracking on my phone. Granted, I'm sure it's in there anyway. I'm sure it's snuck in despite my not actually approving any of the downloads. But the government also has now this ample excuse to track all of us through our phones, which now, you know, it used to be optional whether or not you wanted to bring your phone out, have it turned on, have it turned off. Now you're going to have to turn it on. You're going to have to be tracked in order to have the free transit, which you've become accustomed to. In order to do the simple things like buy food for your fucking family that you become accustomed to, you now will have to be tracked by the government. <coughs> So it's a very scary, scary situation that we're entering from going from, oh, a vaccine, wouldn't that be great? We'll get back on track. We'll move past all of this to everybody has to have a vaccine at all times. And we want to make sure we can track it and make sure you have your fucking papers, please, to show it. I don't know if this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back as far as people finally resisting and rebelling. You know, I was reading an article today about how you know, we think about liberty, we think about rebellion, we think about resistance and getting to that critical mass of people saying enough is fucking enough and finally saying we will not do this. I don't know if vaccines are going to be that point. I don't think they will. As I said, 
we have a population that has been so conditioned and beaten down and lied to by the corporate press about the survivability of this and had any sort of challenging of the orthodoxy suppressed by big tech and by social media and by, you know, broad-based government platforms and associations within with those social platforms, where then I can't see this finally being the thing that people stand up and say, fuck off now. I hope. A man can dream, can't he? A man can dream. But I just don't see it fucking happening. I see another complete capitulation by the American people and people worldwide to the nanny state taking one more step forward in watching and controlling every single thing they fucking do. Oh, now let's talk about some other quick things on the side of this that are kind of tied in. Um, I do want to talk about the scientist who was uh, basically, she was a Florida scientist working for the government, working on the COVID data. And she had said that she was being told to doctor COVID data coming in in order to support the opening up of the state. And she refused and she claims that she was fired for this. So what she did was then go and start up her own dashboard where people could track the COVID results as they came in. I don't know if her numbers were verifiable on this or not, but this past week, she had been running this, this dashboard uh, with COVID data, which people were using, and they got the cops came in and raided her house, come in with guns drawn and busted in her house because she was sharing this data. They took her servers. They took her, uh, her computers away. And I guess, uh, I'm not sure if she was arrested or not, but that while I'm not for uh, necessarily for this chick who assuredly is a COVID cultist, if she's starting her own uh, special dashboard that she says, well, you know, much higher rates of COVID and all that kind of shit. I cannot support this type of fucking action. Just as I don't support them raiding and shutting down, you know, the offices of, let's say, Zero Hedge, while I, I can't stand big tech censorship of that, and I can't stand any sort of censorship of information, while we can't stand up and say, well, how dare they tell these doctors that are standing up and saying, well, COVID is not big a deal? How can we say that what's being done to them is so wrong and have this woman's cops come in her fucking house with their guns drawn because she dares to have an alternate data set for COVID in Florida. I mean, that is absolutely insane, insane to hear that happening. Now, another couple of things I want to hit real quick. We've got all these funds being allocated, right? Taxpayer monies, monies printed up by the Fed and given out willy-nilly, assuredly driving a monetary value into the toilet and, uh, and embracing modern monetary theory. But as with anything, money gets allocated for programs. And I'll give you an example. In Lexington, Kentucky, money was allocated in order to help out with minority renters, right? This was supposed to be a program like $120,000. I'm sorry, more than that. I, millions of dollars went into this fund. And then the mayor decided, oh, you know what? We want to take $120,000 out of this fund that was supposed to go and help people on emergency rental assistance. And we're going to put that into critical race theory training for council members. Yeah, you heard right. $1.9 million supposed to be for rental assistance for people, emergency rental assistance. Instead, we're going to take $120,000 of that and put it towards training our fucking council on utter bullshit. Now, I'm surprised that Lexington, Kentucky would be pulling this table horse shit. I thought that was fairly Republican territory. But 
I guess somebody snuck in there. Because what's funny is even the Lexington Housing Justice Collective, which is fighting to have people, you know, people of of color, uh, minorities get their, I guess, say in housing. And I'm sure they would argue that rent control is a great thing, even though it's been proven wrong time and time again to be completely the opposite as insofar as providing (laughs) affordable housing. Excuse me. But even they're stepping up and saying how ridiculous this is. They say the proposal is part of Mayor Gordon's response to the Commission for Racial and e- Commission for Racial Inequality. I'm guessing that's a typo on their part, reading their Twitter. But black and brown people are disproportionately evicted. Taking money from rental assistance does not <laughs> advance racial justice. It means more black and brown people will lose their homes. Yes, that probably is accurate. Now I can't say that I support people that or I, I can't say that I can say yes or no to the fact that. Uh, the, they think that people that are black and brown are disproportionately evicted. There are probably many factors that go into that. However, I do think that they make a very good point about how doing this bullshit tap and tap dance, uh, you know, everybody's a racist. Make sure you say you're racist. Check your white privilege at the door, city council members. That doesn't fucking help anybody. All it is is feel good nonsense so they can put a press release out about it. And they fucking know it. And that's what drives me nuts about any of this critical race theory nonsense or half of what these people do with these allocated funds is that it does not help anybody. And this is why a lot, you know, I was listening to Shelby Steele, who's a, uh, a black filmmaker, and he was on the Quillette podcast talking about a film he made about Ferguson, Missouri and the shooting of Michael Brown. But he was talking about how a lot of black people are not happy with Black Lives Matter. Because they know that this shit doesn't really help them in any way. They know that teaming up with Antifa doesn't fucking help them in any other way. They know that all of these programs, well, not all, I'm sure some people haven't woken up to this yet, but a lot of black people are waking up to the fact that these programs that pretend that they're on their side, all they're doing is helping white people feel better about themselves or helping the grievance industry make money and keep that power positioning for the Democratic Party of, ah, we take control of this. You guys are evil. We're going to tell you how shitty you are, how race is such a problem in America today. And this is how we fix it through this fucking nonsense. In the meantime, we're going to continue to fuck over the people that we're supposed to be protecting. And we're going to continue to fund these programs that do goddamn nothing to keep you in gilded cages. You know, it's like that whole, hey, look at my thumb. And they punch you in the face and say, boy, you're dumb. Ah, I am rambling Stanley today. Um, I still got a lot more to talk about. Okay, let me get back on track here. So that was just an interesting thing. Again, misappropriated funds or attempts to. Another one. I love this one. Joe Biden is trying to explore ways to tie climate change legislation into the coronavirus relief bill. Now, I think he's backed off of this because I was having a little bit of an argument back and forth with Rico in our email chain that we have because I said, I hope to God he pushes this through because I think he'll be fucking eviscerated. And you're already seeing people turn on Democrats. Now, partially, I think, is completely fucking retarded, which is the Democrats are talking about this legalization bill, which uh, passed in the House barely, I think, by five votes because five Republican senators voted for it. Or I'm sorry, uh, five Republican House members voted for it. Not Thomas Massey, though. But you've got Republicans criticizing them and saying, oh, you know, we've got these bigger issues at hand and they're trying to legalize marijuana as if those things are tied together and you can't do, you can't vote on two different fucking bills at once. Especially when the drug war is so disproportionately fucked 
to so many people. And it could, and by legalizing marijuana, you could open up ample money to come in, ample industry to come in. And yes, I know the taxes are there. I agree, taxes are bullshit. But at the same time, I'm sorry, as libertarians, I don't agree with Thomas Massey saying that the taxes are the reason that he's opposing it and that we shouldn't open up this industry for another level of taxation on people. Thomas, I usually agree with most of what you have to say, but you're dead wrong here. You know, Justin Amash had the same objections as far as coming in and raising government monies and taxing this shit and regulating it. But at the same time, you are eliminating one of the biggest drivers of putting people in jail for victimless crimes, of breaking up families, of destroying livelihoods, of crushing entire communities, and has been something that's crushed communities for fucking decades. And we as libertarians have fought against this and said, this is issue number one, if not 1A next to the war state and a couple of other things. You got to vote for this bill. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Ridiculous not to vote for it. But coming back around, looks like they're going to get some sort of coronavirus bill passed, another fucking bailout bill passed. And I would just, I would just fall over laughing if Joe Biden goes up there and tries to shoehorn climate change, Green Deal bullshit into a relief bill and holds it up because you know the GOP is not going to go along with it. But it'll really expose the Democrats for the fucking shills they are, these ideologically driven pieces of shit who do not care about the average working man. I still can't believe, if I mean, again, who knows how many votes Biden really got, but I still cannot believe in the midst of this coronavirus that people were dumb enough to blame Trump for it. And they were stupid enough to think that Democrats were the way forward, that Democrats aren't the ones that were pushing the draconian lockdowns, that were crushing economies, that were not allowing people to go to work, and that were mandating people stay home and closing schools. We're going to see very transparently that this is an agenda-driven organization that seeks to push forward these, basically, these things that don't affect everyday Americans, but simply just give them more power, give them authority, give them regulatory bodies, and push forward the social agenda, which they feel is all-encompassing, but yet is simply one more thing that stands in the way of everyday Americans having freedom and having prosperity to live their fucking lives. So I would love it to see if Biden stood up there and just took body blow after body blow for trying to shoehorn this shit in. Okay. Um, I talked way too long about that. I was going to talk about Whitney Cummings calling out wealthy Hollywood elites who want lockdowns for everybody except nannies and Amazon drivers. I do think it's interesting that we have some comedians and we have some people. Matthew McConaughey has been very vocal speaking lately, but we're seeing some comedians, Whitney Cummings, Sarah Silverman, kind of falling back the other direction now and saying how ridiculous some of these lockdowns are and how bad the elitists in Hollywood have become. Good to see Whitney, but you know what? Where were you before, bitch? Where were you before? You know, I remember Whitney Cummings is one of the people on the front lines ripping Owen Benjamin apart for daring to ask whether or not children should be allowed to take hormones at the age of five that completely sterilized them for life in order to transi- transition into a different gender. And we can't challenge the concept that a child should know enough about their own sexuality, their future, and the implications of what they're doing while their parents are rah-rah cheering them on because they want the fucking social likes. She was really out there questioning Owen Benjamin and kind of shitting all over him. So, you know, fuck you, Whitney Cummings. But at the same time, well, better late than never, right? Okay. Uh, I'm at about an hour here. Uh, I've been coughing a lot, but I've been muting the mic as much as I can, like a true professional. Um, but I am starting a little bit <clears throat> sore throat. So I'll just run through a couple quick things. Um, Walter Williams, man. 
Rest in peace, Walter Williams, one of my favorite columnists. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people on the left will say, oh, whatever. He was a, a sellout. He was a token for libertarians. Uh, you know, a, a, my, I can't even say he was a libertarian libertarian because I don't think he identified as such. But he was a very strong libertarian commenter at his core, even if I think he basically just identified as overall conservative. But a brilliant man, a wonderful writer, and uh, and very, very sad to see him go. Of course, all it makes me think now is I'm like, oh, we lost Walter. How soon until we lose Thomas Sowell? And um, yeah, hopefully not for a long time. Hopefully uh, Thomas tank engines along and <laughs> has a, a good ticker and has built up COVID immunity already. But yeah, rest in peace, Walter. Um Next thing I want to talk real quick is uh, San Francisco banning tobacco smoking inside apartments, but approving smoking weed inside apartments, which just is the most fucking San Francisco thing I've ever heard. Now, granted, all those people in San Francisco, get yourself some Zippix toothpicks. Zippix toothpicks, nicotine infused toothpicks. Zipixtoothpicks.com, promo code lines. Um, but it's just, it's so fucking stupid. It's so selective. Now, I know weed smokers will tell you, well, weed's not the same because it doesn't have all the additives in it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I'm sorry, weed smoke can still be very effective against people that are allergic to it, that have breathing issues, that have any of the other myriad concerns that they bring up for fucking tobacco smokers. And there's no goddamn evidence to show you that if you're in an adjacent apartment, somebody smoking in the apartment next door is going to give you fucking secondhand lung cancer. That's a bunch of bullshit. This is just simply selective morality from the fucking assholes in San Francisco. Just like it's selective morality, but they go in and they bust people for not wearing masks in San Francisco, or they shut down your fucking business and they allow homeless people to shoot heroin and take a shit on your doorstep. It's very selective morality, and I can't hate. I mean, honestly, Seattle's city council, number one. San Francisco, number two with a bullet. What a bunch of fucking assholes. Oh, next, number three. Oh, let's see. I already talked about uh, the bill to decriminalize marijuana, so check that one off. Um, I'll talk about this real quick. There is a new technology with the Air Force has contracted with uh, which is a little bit terrifying, folks, if you're worried about your tracking on your phones and people accessing your private data, which, you know, you'd think maybe Ed Snowden will get pardoned by Trump one of these days, maybe Assange, and we'll actually get to uh, to have him back in the United States as he deserves to be. But the United States Air Force recently signed a uh, a contract with a DC wireless tech company called SignalFrame. Now, what SignalFrame does is, according to this article on, uh, let's see, it's originally from counterpunch.org by Jack Rasmus. It is, in effect, a government, uh, your smartphone becomes, in effect, a government listening device because the new software is able to access smartphones and from your phone jump off to access any other wireless or Bluetooth device in the near vicinity. Now, that's pretty fucking terrifying. It's like the FBI's, you know, several hops program, which encompasses, you know, virtually everybody in America uh, as to what they were allowed to do legally and still are to a large extent, thanks to Ted Cruz and the USA Freedom Act. But 
To quote from an article in the Wall Street Journal, the smartphone is used as, quote, a window onto usage of hundreds of millions of computers, routers, fitness trackers, modern automobiles, and other networked devices, collectively known as the Internet of Things. The smartphone becomes a government listening device that detects and accesses all nearby wireless or Bluetooth devices, anything that has a Mac, MAC address for that matter. And how near is nearby is not revealed by the company or by the Air Force, which both refused to comment on the original Wall Street Journal story. Lovely. So essentially, the government will know where you are, what you're doing, who you're interacting with. They're knowing, uh, you know, all the other cell phones that have been in the vicinity. So exactly, you know, as this article points out, and as I'm thinking, if you have a protest or a demonstration, they can show exactly who is there, exactly who, who you're interacting with. They can track you down. Now you're probably on the government watch list. Uh, maybe you're on a no travel list that you don't know about. Um, you can access your car's electronic systems, which is something I've warned about before, which is another terrifying, you know, when we talk about self-driving cars or just cars in general, because any new car basically has a shutdown kill switch where the police or whoever else chasing you can just be like, shut it down. They talk to the, they get a warrant to shut your car down or maybe even faster than that. Probably, probably don't even need one. And boom, your car stops working. One more reason to buy yourselves a gremlin or an old school firebird that doesn't have the advanced electronics that we love and uh, and ask us over. But that's one of the things that terrifies me about the self-driving car movement. And if we do get to a point where everybody's got self-driving cars, and again, the government may mandate that now every car is on the self-driving car grid for quote-unquote safety, well, you're basically just a sitting duck. You're a fish in a barrel should they ever want to stop you and, and uh, take you into custody. On and on and on, people. So you get what we're saying. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Very, very worrisome. And this should not be something that should fall into government hands. Although inevitably, you know that it will, whether or not we are fans of it or not. It will be virtually in every government's hands within a short amount of time. And I actually am so convinced that this will be prolific in its application that I actually went to see if Signal Frame was a publicly traded company. Because if I'm going to be fucked... I might as well make some money off of it, like a good prostitute. So I was going to invest in them, but it seems as of now, uh, as of now that they are not public. Um, let's see. Let's talk about Hillary and Chelsea Clinton, and then we'll get into our uh, Merry Fucking Christmas Idiots of the Week. Let me get a quick sip of my, sip of my drinky drink here. As you can tell, my throat's getting a little, little hoarse again. So Hillary and Chelsea Clinton... You know, those gals that have fought so hard and gone through such trials and tribulations will be in a new Apple TV docuseries based upon their previously released book, which I guess they co-wrote. How cute. Gutsy women. Could you honestly think about writing a book? You're a privileged woman and the daughter of a privileged woman who has lived a life of absolute ease. You have had your ass kicked. You have had to accomplish virtually zero on your own. And let's not forget that Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State and as a senator, as a senator, she accomplished literally nothing. Literally nothing. And was popped into Secretary of State because of fucking uh, nepotism and the elitist cult. And then as Secretary of State went on to basically destroy a country, bring slavery back into Libya, uh, get Americans killed in Benghazi, 
and go on to accomplish, again, nothing that would even be accomplished or considered an accomplishment that was in any way helpful to everyday Americans, but in fact caused absolute destruction to minority peoples the world over. What a lovely lady. And then, of course, failed in her bid for presidency because she's an unlikable piece of shit that wore outfits that basically look like burlap sacks sewn together. So she sits down with her daughter, who had been handed the cushiest goddamn corporate news gig one could ask for, and then was summarily, I think, released from that position because she was a worthless tart. And now... These two sit down over the old coffee table in their mansion and decide they're going to write a book called Gutsy Women. That's what these delusional morons think of themselves. They think they are gutsy women instead of chicks that have been literally handed everything in life on a silver platter and have done nothing with it. What's gutsy about failing in everything you do? Can somebody please explain that to me? It reminds me of Below Deck. You know, we have our show Bravo and Beer, which I'm on with Rico and John Odermatt. And it is, if you haven't listened to it, slap yourself in the fucking face because it's so goddamn funny. It is, I mean, I swear to God, I don't listen back to this podcast all the time and laugh out loud. I, I don't, you know, this podcast isn't supposed to be that funny, but Bravo and Beer is one of the funniest podcasts I swear to God, I laugh out loud the entire time listening back to it because I forget half the shit we're saying because we're drunk recapping these reality shows. But there was one where this kid, you know, this this doofus named Shane is on this show Below Deck and he's a deckhand. And of course, he's a jackass out of Berkeley who is really taking pride in the fact that he's super green. Shaka, bro. Such a fucking little asshole. So this kid is absolutely unbelievably incompetent, Right flitters around looking like the surfer dude doing yoga in the morning fails at everything on the boat just easy shit can't tie knots fails and fails and fails and he's like well you know i take uh i take failure as uh, something that gives me a lot of confidence <laughs> we're, we're, <coughs> we're sitting back and we're like what the fuck is he talking about how does failure give you confidence? No, failure can give you perspective. Failure can give you some, uh, maybe some chutzpah to get up, you know, pull yourself up and try again. It shouldn't give you fucking confidence failing again and again and again. But Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, these gutsy women, they really remind me of this jackass. Because clearly they consider what they do gutsy instead of just failing miserably when given opportunities the average person cannot dream of in a million years. Oh my God. This maybe I might, I might have to watch this. Oh, the book they called is Hillary Rodden Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, the book of gutsy. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. So I guess, I guess they're going to be, it's not going to be just about them, but it's going to be about other gutsy women. But uh, just the fact that they are the fucking shell. Actually, maybe that's, maybe that's a, a, well, I don't know. It's kind of opposite. I was going to equate it to, you know, a clam shell where you've got this, this gooey mass of shit inside of this hard shell. I guess the gutsy women of the past can be the hard shell and the Clintons can be the gooey mass of garbage inside the scallop. Oh boy. All right. Let's finish up with some Christmas cheer. With our Idiots of the Week. 
No reason or sanity to be found Idiots and assholes all around When stupidity's at its peak It's the idiot of the week There you go. That song was by Joey Meyer. Not to be confused with Anthony Meyer. We've got too many Meyers. New podcast, Too Many Myers here in the Lions Liberty Network. Uh, <laughs> very anti-Semitic. <laughs> too many Myers. Um, yeah, our uh, our idiot of the week. What a fucking asshole this guy is. So you probably have already heard of this mall Santa, this leftist dick mall Santa. And where was this? What town was this in? For some reason, the story doesn't tell me. Why would you not? Fox News, why would you not tell me where this was? I think, okay, originally the New York Post. I'm going to guess this is in New York. So this kid goes to a mall Santa, right? And of course, they've got the mall Santas, but uh, there's a full table between them for safety's sake. And you put the kid up and the kid goes up and he goes, okay, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? And the kid thinks about it. And he says, a gun, right? And the mom is watching it. She's like, well, I don't want them to think that he wants a real gun. She goes, a Nerf gun. He wants a Nerf gun. And the guy, the Santa goes, no, no, no guns. Like I was watching the video. I played it for a bit. I don't know. The volume's not great on it. So I'm not going to do it. But again, basically the kid's like a Nerf gun. And the Santa's like, no, no guns. Nope. Not even a Nerf gun. And then he goes, if your dad wants to get it for you, that's fine. But I can't bring it to you. What else would you like? There's lots of toys, Legos, bicycles. What do you think? So the kid, of course, fucking turns to his mom and he's just like bawling because Santa, who he still clearly believes in, Santa Claus has told him he's not going to bring him that and is fucking making him feel bad because he asked for a Nerf gun. A tried and true family tradition to have Nerf guns. I love them. I actually went, I was hanging out with my buddy, uh, my buddy, Sean, just playing board games, whatever else. I walk into the apartment and I am... Torn down by a blaze of Nerf bullets. Now he's got kids. They, you know, they're 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 Nerf guns, I guess. But Nerf guns are fucking awesome. They're great. Send me some money, Nerf guns. I'll do some I'll do some ads for you. Use promo code Lion. Um, Nerf guns are amazing. There's nothing wrong with having a Nerf gun or having a toy gun. And for this leftist fuckbag Santa to impose his views and shit on it, kids. I mean, like, God damn it, man. It, I'm sorry. You must have seen a Christmas story one too many times. You know, it's a funny scene in a Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out. It's not the guy saying that guns are bad in a Christmas story. It's the joke that you'll shoot your eye out. Okay, well, you know, maybe you're too young, maybe whatever. But the kid gets it in the end. And the dad says, I had one when I was half his age. Exactly. It's all about how you use it. It's about responsibility. And for this stupid mall Santa cunt bag to try to make this kid feel bad and to say he's not going to give him a Nerf gun and no guns at all. Fuck you. Now, this guy got fired and I could not be happier. I hope he never fucking works again. And what really pissed me off about this, though, is you have these other leftists coming to defend this Santa, right? Because Dana Loesch had had blown it up and, and tweeted about it. And I saw it. I, I, I didn't see it from Dana Loesch. I can't remember who I saw it from. But... She had tweeted about it saying, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this. And everybody's saying, yeah, this is ridiculous. 
But these leftists in their twisted, fucked up worldview cannot accept that they have done wrong. They can't accept that their worldview is wrong. Or if in fact, maybe not even their worldview, they can't even accept the fact that there's a time and a place for this shit. And you don't just all the time hammer your ideology into children nonetheless. But of course, that's what leftist ideology is built on. We know they're preaching it in from elementary school on up. And that's why these fucking shitty teachers unions are so upset when anybody comes and tries to take away any of their power with charter schools or alternative schools where they're not just indoctrinated in this leftist nonsense. But these leftists are going, well, you know what? You guys would be upset if uh, if a kid asked for a dress and a little boy asked for a dress and Santa said, no, you'd be fine with it. No, you know what? I wouldn't be fine with that. I don't think most people wouldn't. I think most people view Santa Claus as somebody that's supposed to simply sit there and facilitate what the kid asked for. Unless the kid asked for a fucking nuclear weapon. And even then, maybe you say when you're older, you know, be a dick about it. But even if there was a deeply Republican Santa Claus in there and kid asked for a dress, I think you'd say, oh, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. Aren't they usually for girls? And kids say, oh, but I want one. say, okay, well, all right, I'll put it on your list or whatever else. Point being, they try to twist this shit to score political points when it's, this is a black and white issue. The guy's a dick. What he did was wrong. Making a child cry when he comes to seek Santa Claus because of your ideology and your unbendable mindset on pushing your agenda is wrong. And defending it simply, like I said earlier, simply points out how horrible these people are. How they do not care who they hurt in order to get what they believe. Just awful. All right, we're going to wrap it up on that. My uh, throat's getting a little too scratch of matchums, but I gave you guys, I promised you a full episode. I gave you, I think, 15 minutes more. I gave you over an hour today. So there you go, my little dumplings. Um, guys, reminder at the end of the show that uh, you want to subscribe to the podcast, please, please, please. And also, don't forget, we have a YouTube channel as well. I'm, I know a lot of you probably know that. And uh, it's funny, we actually have like three and a half thousand subscribers on there, which isn't bad, but we could use a lot more. So if you want to share our YouTube channel, that'd be great. Tell people about the podcast, guys. Give us some tweets. Give us some shares. Give us some likes. Give us some reviews. We are still going to do our, uh, God, we're trying to fit all this shit in. Um, we are still going to try to view our, our reviews of questions that people have posted on the uh, the iTunes Give us a five-star iTunes review of the question. We will answer it. I promise that is coming soon. And uh, same thing with the YouTube, guys. It'd be great to get some nice bonus uh, boosts of our YouTube page. And uh, I notice people are commenting on that a lot more, which is great to see. So subscribe, review, write, etc. And uh, don't forget to listen to Mark on Mondays. He just had Brad Palumbo on. That was very entertaining. And, uh, of course, John Odermatt with his really insightful and uh, fascinating interviews with people that are in about um, some people that are on death row in the criminal justice system with Felony Fridays, which may be rebranded. Hmm, maybe rebranded for 2021. Exciting stuff in the future. All right, that's going to do it for me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to liberty.